Hi, this is Anka Chuhi, and welcome to the Effective Tropical Gardening Solutions Podcast. I'm excited to, to sharing my gardening tips and strategies that are working for tropical gardeners, but these strategies can also be used by anybody else who is interested in gardening. And from the Home Gardening Support Network, Founder and CEO, in fact, Anne Gachui. Welcome. Thank you very much, Shaggy. I appreciate your your wonderful um, introduction. And so today we'll be talking about that, the five simple steps to a successful lawn. Yes, and lawns are very important. You know, there's nothing that makes somebody feel very uh, happy when they look outside, they see a lawn. But of course, it's got other functions. Mm -hmm. But to make it successful, I think uh, it's the one aspect of gardening that actually takes quite a bit of time for the home gardener. Usually that job is relegated to the gentleman in the home. But whether it's the lady who is taking care of it or the gentleman who is taking care of it, we have to decide on a few things. We live on an island and therefore it's a tropical climate Mm -hmm. and the kind of grasses that we grow here are a bit different from the ones you find in the mainland. So our first step to that successful lawn is deciding on the type of grass to grow. And and that's like really for people that have lawn horror stories about I can never get grass to grow and stuff that's something that they should really look at when it goes to planting the lawn absolutely because we are we are dealing mostly with warm season grasses mm-hmm. and we have several of those and I'll just name them we have zoysia grass that's the most wear tolerant Grass. If you've got vehicles that go across it every so often, things like that. (laughs) Not necessarily. If you have uh, an active household, you walk across the lawn a lot, that's the type of lawn that you probably want. Then we have the seashore perspalum. Hmm. That's the type of lawn which is most salt tolerant. So if you live closer to the beach, you need that grass. Oh, so like South Shore, North Shore, like it really down towards the basin coastal areas. Yes, it will take up the salt a little bit better. But then if you are in a place when you don't have a lot of water, then you need one which is most drought tolerant, and that's Bermuda grass. Hmm. So like Lahaina, Napili, places like that. Or upcountry cooler. Then there is buffalo grass, most drought tolerant also. But then the grass with the most lowest maintenance requirement is the centipede grass. Is this like really little centipedes? (laughs) More or less. And then lastly, if you have grass which is growing under a tree and it needs a little shade, then the St. Augustine's grass is your grass. A lot of trees, a lot of shade area. Yes. This would be what would help cover up those bare areas in the shade. Absolutely, because these other grasses don't do very well when it's shaded. So you could have a sea azoecia grass as your main lawn, and then under your trees you could have a St. Augustine grass. So you could have two types of grasses in your lawn. Oh, I did not know that. You could, like, mix and match. You can mix and match, depending on the conditions. Because, see, I've always approached lawn care from a, if it's if it's the like species, it will grow. But once you start adding other species, it, it becomes this nightmare that will kill the entire lawn. There are some which are more um, aggressive, and they will take over your main grass. Hmm. And so you have to be careful which ones you're mixing. And those um, would be the imperial grass. <laughs> 
worked well if you grew, let's say, one of the cool season grasses, mm-hmm. uh, perennial rye grass, for instance, and then you had zoysia grass, then zoysia grass is a little bit more aggressive and it will take over. But we normally don't deal with those other cool season grasses here in Hawaii because they cannot take the sun or the humidity, especially the sun. It's too high. So Yeah, I was about to say, I know plenty of residents that cannot take the sun <laughs> or the humidity of last week. But, okay, now, when we when we do the grass, of course, this is just... Grass is nothing, lawn is nothing, I should say, but another garden, right? It is, in a sense. It's a ground cover. Hmm. So, But I, I, from that sense, though, you do kind of have to treat your preparation of the area. Absolutely. And it's very important. So our step two is start with the soil improvement and, and fertilization. And in fact, you'll find a lot of people who probably have a lawn care service, most of the time they are fertilizing the grass. Hmm. So you need to be able to know when you need to, p- to apply fertilizer. There is a blanket rate that I'm going going to say you need to apply at least a half a pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet for most of these grasses. Okay, so half and, a pound. and that's like every month. Per month, yes. You know, if you add too much of it, the, the Department of Homeland Security will ask you what you're doing with all that nitrogen, right? <laughs> well, if you add too much nitrogen to your grass, then it's not going to be a very good thing because it will grow very quickly and then it may attract a lot of bugs, a lot of diseases. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to overdo it. You want to just, that's what I'm saying, half a pound of actual nitrogen. Yeah, so check your bags carefully when you buy the fertilizer. Absolutely. And then you need to reduce on your fertilization schedule during the winter time. Even though mm. we don't really have a winter winter like you get in Minnesota, I mentioned yeah. last week. But during the cooler season, you need to reduce on your fertilization. So you could fertilize every two months instead of every once a month. Mm. Now, I know today and yesterday and the day before was not a problem in the Department of Watering. Yes. But when you do actually have to think about watering the lawn, what do you? What is your plan? What is your game plan? Like, if you're a coach right now, how do I approach watering? I think that's a very good question. That's our step number three. You need to make sure you don't water too little, too frequently. Let me rephrase that. Most home gardeners make the mistake of thinking, if I apply just three minutes of water, you know, every day, for instance, that's a good thing. It's not. What it does, it makes the roots grow on the surface. So you need to apply, you need to irrigate deeply but infrequently. You'd rather do less if 10 to 15 minutes every other day mm-hmm. or every third day depending on the weather, rather than doing just a few, you know, a few minutes every day. Hmm. And what this does is this actually encourages the roots to go further deeper. in the ground looking for the water. Absolutely. They get a chance to be able to go deeper. But also, you don't get the water, you know, running around. I mean, running, <laughs> not running around. You don't get the water being, you know, um, just on the surface there. Hmm. Then the other thing is that you also need to apply early in the morning, not in the middle of the day. At least before 8 o'clock, you, that's when you need to apply your water, or maybe late in the evening. Hmm. It's better to do it early in the morning, even at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. or whatever time you wake up, rather than in the middle of the day, because during the day you've seen people irrigating, and then there, there's so much wind, and then the water gets blown around by mm. the wind, and it's lost through evaporation. 
Mm, okay. Yes. So th- 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 at that point, you know that you have a good water plan Absolutely. if you're doing all of those. Absolutely. All right. No, so let's 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 uh, mowing because yes. here's the thing. My wife, paranoid mower. If mm-hmm. it, if it starts to if it starts to look cosmetically bad, mm-hmm. cut 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 cut. But me, I'm I'm like a uh, okay. Let's give it a time frame of mowing. You know, uh, every two weeks is good for me. What is what is the optimal between these two worlds? I think it's best to do probably between seven days and fourteen days is good. Mm-hmm. That depends also on the growth rate, how quickly your grass is growing. It also depends on you know what's taking place in your lawn of course if you're a golf course you probably need to mow the lawn every day and then you mow it very low Mm. but most grasses for instance zoetia grass you mow between half an inch to an inch half an inch to an inch yes that's kind of small yes that's not very for for warm season grasses that's about okay you know seashore paspalum about three quarter of an inch about an inch and then normally like i said mowing depends on the frequency the the type of grass the location its use and its maintenance level so if you're not too worried you could leave your grass on up to two two weeks oh, okay. most people often just mow once a week but if you end up two weeks, it's still fine. Well, if you don't like people, you, you, you mow about once a month. Yes, but then the other thing we say is that don't mow the more than a third of the grass at any one time. So you need to just mow only a third, up to a third of the grass. Oh, so people that spend all day doing their whole lawn at once, that's a bad practice? No, I mean the height. I mean, oh. don't sculpt. Don't sculpt the grass. So sometimes you find people who mow so low, they set the mower so low that it actually cuts the grass so low, you see bold spots oh. on the lawn. So you see bare spots on the lawn because it's set so low. And that is not good because it allows weeds to come in. Yeah, by creating the opening where the seeds blow to. Yes, where mm. there are open areas where there's no grass. So you need to set your mower at a good height so that at least it mows uniformly. Wow. So cutting the grass at the right height can yes. actually control the weeds. Yes, it does. It does. Because it enables the grass to grow and actually cover the ground. You know, when you have a good lawn that is covering the ground, mm-hmm. you fertilized it well, you watered it well, then that should be a grass which shouldn't let weeds come in. Mm-hmm. It should be a good, healthy lawn. Sometimes people worry about the mowings, you know, whether to dispose of them, whether to put them in their compost pile, whether to leave them on. Yeah. If you're mowing the right height, you're not cutting too much, you can actually leave it on, on the grass. Just use a mulching mower. Because it becomes, yes, if you're not using the mulching mower. But the thing is, you can leave it on. We say leave on the, the mowings mm-hmm. because they become part of the organic matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, real quickly, let's get into thatching. Because, I, for one, I've heard the word before. Yes. But when I think of thatch, what is a thatch when it comes to lawns? Thatch is a layer of living and dead organic matter that occurs between the green grass Okay. And the soil level. If you ever cut through, you sliced through your grass okay. with, let's say, a shovel, and you looked where the green part of the grass ends and the brown part of the soil it starts, yeah. sometimes you get this brown organic matter. Oh, yeah. That is made of, you know, rhizomes and stolons and large amounts of lignin and dead grass and all kinds of things. And it forms between, it forms like a sponge. It's like a sandwich. And that's bad. So the sandwich is bad. If the thatch, bad, let me rephrase that. 
the such amount if it's more than half an inch mm-hmm. if it's thicker than half an inch that's bad wow so if it's less than half an inch it's good now the thing is what happens to thatch is it's like you have this living grass here and then you have the thatch and then you have the soil if it's too thick if you water your grass this the water doesn't go to the soil okay or to the roots so yeah? it just kind of floats above to the, the thatch yes okay and then your fertilizer doesn't go to the roots because that's where the soil is yeah where the roots are yeah. they're in the soil so you don't want a big thatch amount so you want it l- about half an inch or less and so for you if it becomes more than that what you need to do is actually de-thatch your grass at least <laughs> once a year de-thatch de- 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 the grass yes de-thatch the, the big thatch. You know, here. we should we should have that on a T-shirt <laughs> for people that are in lawn care. De thatch the hatch, you know, or de you know, thatch the thatch. Yes, and you can use a power rake or a verticutter. Hmm, we okay. call it verticutting, which should be followed by fertilization and irrigation. Usually, you can actually uh, rent these verticutters. You know, the ones from, let's say, Lawn, Lowe's, or Home Depot. Some of the big stores, yeah. they can rent you, or le- you can go and rent out the um, the, the dethatcher machines, hmm, okay. so that you can just do a good job. But is normally, you you need to do that once a year. Now, is dethatching the same as aerating? The dethatching is actually more like cutting up the the, the solid thatch, ground matter, Yes, yeah. reducing it. The coaeration, which is also needed. Is the follow-up process whereby you use a coaerator, yeah, <laughs> and it kind of pokes holes yeah, in the soil. Yes, and it makes these holes and removes plugs of soil, mm-hmm. and it enables the grass to breathe. So it enables more aeration and and water to flow in and fertilizers to flow in, and of course, usually when you have heavy soils or there is too much traffic, the soil get compacted. Mm. And so the co-aeration is to enable the soils to become less compacted. And let the waters flow down to the roots and everything is all happy on our lawns again. Yes, and then the lawns are happy. And so to end, if anybody would like to learn more about these wonderful tips about gardening, you can always get in touch with me, Anka Chuhi of the Home Gardening Support Network, or visit our website, thehomegardeningsupportnetwork.com. So I hope you'll join us. I hope you'll also leave a review and also, of course, subscribe to our episodes. And I'm excited to have you join us.